It's continuing the things that you're not supposed to walk out with on Shabbos while you're dressed with them. So it says, You should not go with a single shoe if you don't have any wound on your foot. Which foot we'll see soon. Now, why shouldn't you go with a single shoe? There are two reasons Rashi mentioned earlier. Either because people might suspect that you're hiding the other shoe in your pocket or because people might laugh at you you're walking with one shoe, so they'll take off even that shoe and you'll carry it. But if you have a wound, it's not a problem. Why? Because everyone will see, as we'll see soon, that you have a wound and therefore they, they won't suspect you. And no one's going to laugh at you, so you're not going to come to put away the shoe. The question is, when you have a wound, what does that cause you? To put a shoe on that foot? Because in those days, it wasn't a regular thing. Not everyone wore shoes, but if you have a wound, you, won't, you don't want to get it even more wounded or dirty. So you want a shoe on it. Or sometimes if you have a wound, your, your shoe can hurt you. Depends where the wound is, on the bottom, on the top, on the side. Your shoe can hurt you or it can be swollen and your shoe doesn't fit. As we have today, sometimes when a person has a cast and you can't wear a shoe because the cast is too big and the shoe doesn't fit on top of that. So since you have a wound on that foot where there's no shoe, so it's fine. So the question is, where do you put, where, where is this person wearing a single shoe? And the question is, in those days, when people wore shoes, why did they wear shoes? For comfort or for protection? If they wore it for protection, it makes more sense to have it on the shoe with a wound, on the, on the foot with a wound. If they wore it for comfort, so then sometimes they would wear it on, the, on, on a foot anyways, but on the foot which has a wound, it might disturb and they wouldn't wear it. So let's see. How yesh beragli, Markov, he has a wound on one foot, Nothing is allowed to walk out with one shoe. Behemi nayu nothing. With which one does he walk out? Amaravuna on the foot that he has a wound. Alma, we see from this cassava that he holds, sandal lushum tsar of it. When a person wears a sandal, actually, not a, not a shoe, when he wears a sandal, he's wearing it to protect him from pain. He shouldn't get hurt. And therefore, if he has a wound, that's more of a reason to wear the sandal. The son of Rav says, That foot which is no, has no wound. Why? We see from this crossoverty holds that you wear shoes for um, extra comfort or extra, you know, you don't want to get dirty. The one that you have a wound, it doesn't let you wear the shoe. And again, the, the, the wound will prove that, that he has, in other words, like this. If you say he's wearing a shoe on the foot that has a wound, no one's going to see the wound. So how is it going to help the fact that he has a wound? It's going to help because people know that usually when a person wears a shoe, it's for protection. So if he's wearing one shoe, they'll assume two things. Either, either they'll assume, one second, one second. Either they'll assume, they know this person, and this person walks without shoes. So why is he wearing a shoe? It must be he has a wound, so they're not going to suspect him. Or, let's say they will suspect him, according to the other explanation, that he might remove his shoe. So... If he has a wound and he's protecting it, they might laugh at him from today to tomorrow. He's not going to remove his shoe because it's a, he has a wound. 
So the one who holds that uh, you wear a shoe on the foot that has a wound, he holds that shoes are here to protect you. And therefore, it's not a matter of if they'll see it or not. It's a matter of if you'll remove your shoe or not. However, the one who says it, it's, it's, it, you're wearing the shoe on the foot without the wound, so he holds the shoes are there for extra comfort. And then people would have suspected you, but now that they see a wound, they know, ah, that's why you have one shoe. They're not going to suspect you. They're not going to laugh at you. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yechanan holds that a person wears a shoe for protection, not for comfort. Where do we see that? The Amar lay Rabbi Yechanan Rav Shemim Baraba. We had this earlier, I think. His student, Rav Shemim Baraba. So he tells him, Havli Misani, can you please pass me my shoes? Yoiv laid the Yamin, he passed him his right shoe. And as we'll see soon, Rabbi Yechanan holds that you meant to first put on your left shoe. Amalei, he told him basically, if, if I'm going to put on the right shoe, I can't put on my left shoe because I have to put the left shoe first. So you made as if my right foot has a wound. So what does that mean? He held that you put the shoe on the foot that has a wound. And therefore he's telling him that if you cause me to wear a shoe on one foot because you give me the right one first, which is supposed to be put on last, you're making that foot as if it has a wound, which means that he holds it, he put a shoe on the foot which has the wound. Says the Gemara, no. Vidilma maybe he could hold like the other opinion that you wear a shoe on the foot without a wound. This is what he's trying to tell them. He didn't tell him you made this this foot a wounded foot. Could be he means he meant the other foot. You made the other foot a wounded foot. You give me the right shoe, so I won't be able to put on my left shoe. So you'll make my left shoe as if it has a wound. So you can't really prove from the story what Abihna knows why people wear shoes if it's to protect them or for comfort. Okay. What we do see from the story is that Abihna knows that he's supposed to put your left shoe first. Says the Gemara, Abihna follows his opinion that he said elsewhere. Abihna said elsewhere, You put your shoes on like you put your tefillin on. Map tefillin bismol, just like tefillin is in the left hand, and that's where you tie the tefillin. I've been all in bismol, so shoes that you tie, you also put on first your left one. May we have a brisa contradicting this. The brisa says, If you want, when you put on your shoes, put your right shoe first. Then put your left shoe. So it's a contradiction. Rabbi Yechonah says you put your left shoe first because you put tefillin on the left hand, and the brisa says that you put. You right shoe first, like anything else, you do the right first. So it's a contradiction. It's not a contradiction. It's a kasha on Rabbi Yechonon from a Bryce. Amar of Yasef, a very interesting thing. Yeah. Hash to the tan yohochi. Since the Bryce says like this, Vamar Rabbi Yechonon hochi, but Rabbi Yechonon says the opposite. The avad hochi, avad, whoever does this way is fine. Or the avad hochi, avad, whoever does the other way is fine also. It's very strange. We always know that a, a murder cannot argue on a brice. And if you have a, 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 a brice uh, contradicting an a murder statement, then you don't say, oh, so you can do whatever you want. It doesn't make sense. He's saying like this, Rav Yisav assumed Rav Yechonon must have heard the, this brice. And since he assumes that, so therefore he says that, why did Rav Yechonon say putting the left shoe first? Because he held the brice is saying something optional. You could follow by your shoe the rule of the entire Torah. The Torah always gives respect to your right side. 
It says that a coin they put the oil and the blood on the right thumb, and a they put the blood on the right thumb. The Torah always gives chashivas to the right, so you could follow that and put on your right shoe first. Or if you want, you can follow the chashivas of tefillin and put it on your left shoe first. And Abiyachan on his minig was that he puts the left shoe first. So because of his minig, Rabbi Shem Baramba should have known not to give him the right shoe first. But really, he's explaining the Brayse that it's optional. That's what Rav Yosef assumed. And therefore he said, since the Brayse says one thing, Rav Yosef said the other thing, and, and probably he knew the Brayse. So we have to say that it's optional. Says the Gemara, I'm really Abai, who says? Dilma maybe, Rabbi Yechanan, Hamas Nisa, this Brayse, Le'ava Shmiel, maybe you never heard this Brayse. We have a shmiel. If you would have heard it, I have a hotter. You would have, you would have, you would have changed his mind, as we usually do. Whenever we ask a question from a brisa, the assumption is the Amir did not know it, uh, but since we do know it, so we we cannot accept his opinion. So I don't know why Punkt over here, Rabbi Yisif assumed that he knew it. Maybe because there's a logic both ways. But either way, the brisa says no. You have a brisa contradicting Rabbi Yechonon, so it's a question. Or, also, interesting thing. Maybe the other way around. Maybe you heard of this Brayse because sovereignly held Maybe he knew that that Brayse, that's not La In other words, either the Brayse contradicts him or he clearly, not, not argues, but he knew, he had a Kabbalah that that Brayse is not La and that he's clearly arguing the Brayse. So you can't just come and say, do whatever you want. Either only this, either only that. And again, why Dafka over here are we so sure, are we even bringing such a svara that Rabbi Yechonon knew the Brice and he, he, he was arguing on it? Could be that it was a very famous Brice. And therefore the assumption was that Rabbi Yechonon must have known it. I'm not sure. Fine. So we're stuck. Rabbi Yechonon said you can do whatever you want. He says, no, maybe only this way, maybe only that way. Now in a real problem. What do we do now? Amar of Nachman, Vayitzchok, Sarah Nachman, Vayitzchok, Yirei Shemayim, Yitzi Deshteim. If Yirei Shemayim, you do both. How can you do both? Umane, who's this Yirei Shemayim that did both? Mar Breid Ravona, the son of Ravona. Hechi, of what would he do? How can you do both? Siem the Yemine, he put on his right shoe. Veloy Kotan, he didn't tie it. We see him the smaller, then he put on his left shoe. We cut it and he tied it. Vahada cut it, and then he tied his right shoe. As we all know today from kindergarten. How didn't they know that? I guess they didn't learn kids of Shechon But uh, uh, the, the point was that it, since the whole reason why you're giving respect to the left shoe is because of tefillin, which is the tying, you know what? Leave the tying to do it first by the left. Typically, especially in those days, a sandal... And when they would put it on, they would have to tie it because it, it just falls off. It's not tied. It's it's uh, it's hanging on the strings. That's why typically they would put it on and tie it. But you know, if you want to be Yates, you both put it on, don't tie it, the right one, put on the left one, tie it, and then tie the right one. Fine, we're all beginning to mind today. Fine. Amar Rav Ashi. Says Rav Ashi. Chazino Rav Kana, Iso Rav Kana, Deloitte copied. He wasn't careful. What does it mean he wasn't careful? Doesn't mean he wasn't careful to do both. He did only one. 
or he was he not careful at all? He was sometimes did one, sometimes did the other. I'm not sure. It sounds more like that he did either way. I guess he heard both opinions, and then he said, you know, there's no conclusion. So whatever, do whatever you want. There's no, you can't say any definite way. Fine. But now we're ready to pass in the ready nalacha to follow what Ma'abaradir Avonah did. A lot of things which in the Gemara is, is brought down as like a Midas Chassidus. Later on, it was accepted in Halacha as something which we all should do. Talur That same rice we mentioned earlier. Kshunoyo, when you put on your shoes, nail shall you mean you put on your right shoe, rachach nail shall smell, you put your left shoe on. Kshun chaylet, when you remove them, chaylet shall smell, you remove your left shoe, rachach chaylet shall you mean that you move your right shoe, because the respect of the right is to remove it last. Same idea, kshun reiches, when you wash yourself. If you wash it in the shower, wash first the right side. You're allowed to stand under the shower and it's going to wash your whole body at once. But if you are washing one side in particular, do first the right side. If you're smearing any soaps or, or, or oils in those days, you first smear on the right side, then on the left side. If you want to smear or rinse or wash your entire body, the first thing you should do is your head. Because it's the king on all the on all the limbs. That's the thing that you give most respect to. You give respect to the head. Okay. So we spoke about going out with one shoe on Shabbos, and that you're allowed to go out with one shoe if the other one, if, if one has a wound. Which one? Some is the one with the shoe or without the shoe. From now we got into the question of which shoe do you put on first, the right or the left? The Rabbi Yichlan says the left, the Rabbi says the right. Yerusha mind puts on first the right, then he doesn't tie it, and he puts on the left and he ties it and then ties the right. And other people did whatever, either way. And then the Rabbi says, when you remove it, remove first the left one. And when you're washing yourself, wash your right side first. If you're washing your whole body, wash your head first. Okay. Then the Mishnah says, you may not walk out in the street with Philip. Now, seemingly because you're not allowed to wear tillin on Shabbos. Amar of Safra, light tamer, don't say, Aliba demanda Omar, that it's only according to the one who says, Shabbos loves man tfilin. There's a machoikis, whether on Shabbos there's the mitzvah of tfilin. Does it mean that some people tell you have to wear tfilin on Shabbos or that you're allowed to wear tfilin on Shabbos? I'm not sure. But there's definitely an opinion which says that the mitzvah of tefillin applies on Shabbos. The Allah obviously is not so. I mean, at Torah, it says, it has to be a sign. And since Shabbos is a ois, it's a sign. You don't have to, not only that, you're not allowed to put on tefillin, l'shem mitzvah, because it's, you're like putting down the, the, the sign of Shabbos. But there is an opinion which says, no, nothing to do. You can have an extra sign, it's not a problem. So there are those that say that Shabbos, the mitzvah of tefillin applies. Now, if the mitzvah of tefillin doesn't apply, you would assume that's why you cannot go out in the street because you're not meant to wear it. You're not meant to wear it, so it's not a clothing for you. If it's not a clothing for you, so you can't go out in the street with it. It's carrying. No, that's not the point. Don't go out with it. Maybe you'll come to carry it in Why would you come to carry it? Because so the simple understanding is because you might have to go to the toilet. Those days it would weird till an old day. But if you went to the toilet, you have to remove it and you have to hide it on the side somewhere and then put it back when you when you left the toilet. So and since you might take it off, 
you might forget to put it right back, you might carry it. Some say that it's not, the idea is not that you're, you're, you, you might take it off by the toilet, but if we're going to the bathroom, but that uh, you might, it might detach and fall off. So according to that opinion, why, why don't we say that it'll take it off in the bathroom? Because Allah is you only to take off the shalrosh for the bathroom, not the shalyat. Shayyad you can cover because the shirosh has a part of Hashem's name on the actual bias. The shayyad does not. So that if you're stuck, you can just cover it somehow and go. So that's why they have to say that maybe you'll detach and, and even that will fall off and you might carry that as well. Okay. Fine. Um, the, that, so that's one thing Rav Safra said. So basically it comes out that if we say you're not allowed to wear tefillin on Shabbos. I understand why you shouldn't walk out on the street with it. The Chiddush is that even if you're allowed to wear tefillin on Shabbos, L'shem Mitzvah, you still cannot walk out on the street with it. Now, the Ikot, the Masnin Law Sefer, some say this whole discussion in the opposite way regarding the Sefer. The If you went out with tefillin, it's not an Isha Deiraisa If you're not meant to wear tefillin on Shabbos, it's not a clothing. If it's not a clothing, you're carrying. If you're carrying, you should be chayim chatos. So, Amar of Safar, don't say, I'll leave the man down, but this only fits to the opinion, Shabbos man, feeling of the Shabbos is a time for tefillin. Even according to the opinion, Shabbos last man, the Shabbos is not a time for tefillin. So, I should be chayim? No. It's my time, and why? It's made in a way of a clothing. Although right now it's not a mitzvah, but you're wearing it as a clothing, it's not like you're carrying it, and therefore you're not chayiv minatir. Or better said, it's the same way as a clothing that you would wear in the weekdays. So although right now you wouldn't have to wear this clothing, but it is a clothing, it is something you usually wear as a clothing, as something on you that you're wearing, and therefore even on Shabbos you're not chayiv. So, even the one who says you do, you do put tefillin on Shabbos, you still cannot walk out on the street because you might remove it or it might fall off. And even the one who says you do not wear tefillin on Shabbos, if you did go out with it on Shabbos, you're not chayev chatos. That's also why if you find tefillin on the street, on Shabbos you can put them on in order to bring them to a safe place because Rabbanu were makel for the cover of tefillin that you're, they, they, since it's only exerted like the Rabbanu, so if uh, if uh, the tefillin might get ruined, they might get stolen, and then then they might go even though they won't treat it respectfully. So you could put it on you. You could wear it in order that it shouldn't be be misbaz, It shouldn't get disgraced. You're allowed to do it. Fine. There's no there's no chashad that you're doing something wrong. It's more important to save the tefillin, especially today that people don't usually walk with tefillin in the street. So someone sees you with filling in the street, he'll assume that you found filling in. I mean, I shouldn't say, but it happens sometimes by so you get stuck a bit, you know, so people sometimes walk back with it filling. Yeah, it does happen, but it, should, it shouldn't happen. People should never plan such a thing in the But if it happened, that's 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 an option to do. Fine. But the problem with it, the problem with the Mifsoyim, and Shabbos comes in and you have your filling, you can wear it. But what do you do with the bag? So they leave it somewhere. Okay, let's let's talk later. Yeah, let's go back. No, 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 it's okay. I'm just okay, okay. Fine. Next thing we spoke about is the kameya. 
Skulda uh, thing, a, a written parchment or some herbs or something that you wear, and it heals. Not by logic. That's what Skulda means. It's not a logical thing. It's a proven thing. Something which just, you do it, and it works. And we can't explain why. So you're not allowed to walk out with it if it wasn't proven. If it was proven, then you can wear it. Now, there's two ways that you could prove a zgula. By the actual zgula or by the person who made it. Either the zgula was tried and tested or the person who made it was tried and tested. The zgula is not enough that it's the type of zgula. It has to be the one, this particular piece has proven itself or the person who made it has proven himself. Those are the two options. Says the Gemara, you may not work with a Kamea if it doesn't come from a professional. Amara Pope, like Taima, don't think. When it says, it sounds like the person who made it has to be professional, which means that he was tried and tested in three separate types of Zgulas, and they all worked. So you might think you have to have two. This particular school has to be tried three times. And the person who made it has to be tried three times in three separate things. Isn't it? No, no, no. Elakei with the mumche gamra, avagav the loy mumche kameya. When the Mishnah says, einen mina mumche, doesn't come from a professional, it means to say, that's enough. It's enough that the person was tried and tested in three separate things, even if this thing was not separate, it's good enough, then he could walk out with it. They Konami, I can prove it from the mission. The Katani it says, If it doesn't come from a professional, that if it's if this is not professional, then if this wasn't tried and tested, then you're not allowed to work without, without with it. Shimami, no, we see from this that it's good enough that it comes from a tested person, even if the thing itself is not tested. Okay. Fine. So it's enough that the person who wrote it was has proved himself successful. Tabarabon. Ezu Kamea Mumcha, what is considered a professional Kamea? Kol Sheripa Vishina Vishilesh. If it healed once, twice, and three times. Echot Kamea shall ksab, whether it's a written Kamea, Vechot Kamea shall record if it's herbs or some type of things that, that you're wearing. It doesn't matter who it was tested on, or better said, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter what's your illness that therefore you're wearing the Kamea. It's not just because of a Sakona we let you. Even if there's no Sakona, we let you as well. Um, even if you're not ill, but you're from a family of someone who has epilepsy, and therefore he might he might also have an attack, and he's wearing this kamea to prevent it. That's good enough. Preventative is also okay. It applies to many other things also. Prevent like the medicine, the medicine you also could take if necessary, whatever if it's gonna prevent you from being a and you could take medicine, even if right now you're not in that state. The kosher matter, you may tie it and untie it. Obviously, we're talking about that it's not meant to stay that way. It's not a kesher shel kayom. It's not a lasting knot. It's not that's meant to be open that day or that week, depending on which opinion. So then you're allowed to tie it and untie it. We're not afraid that once you untie it, you might carry it. Why not? So it says elsewhere, not here. But 
let's say if your glasses are a bit dirty, can you take them off the middle of the street and wipe them? The answer is yes. Why? I might forget and carry them. One second. If you're going to forget and carry them, you're going to forget not to take them off. We can't tell you don't do something because you might forget and you forget not to do that something. If we tell you not to wear something because, because in the street you might forget, fine, it's much later. You're wearing something for a long time and then it might fall off or you might remove it and you might carry it. But if you don't remove it because you might walk down the diamonds and that split second, you're not going to forget. Either you're going to forget a whole gzeda and you're going to remove it or even when you're going to remove it, you're going to remember to put it back. So we don't make a gzeda, which is pointless. And therefore, you're allowed to remove things in the street and remember not to carry it. There's no gzeda not to remove things from you in the street. You should not tie this kamea b'shir on a bracelet of a tabas and a ring. People will suspect you that you're just wearing it as a decoration, as a piece of jewelry. And it's not a fit piece of jewelry. And they'll think you're doing something wrong. In order for them not to think that it's jewelry, that you know that it's here for, for in order to heal you, make sure you wear it not on something which is a piece of jewelry. Just wear it, just wear it, just plain, just the way it is. Okay, so let's summarize. The first thing we spoke about is, uh, is walking out on Shabbos without a, with one shoe. That's not allowed either because people will laugh at you and you might move the other shoe or people will suspect you that you're hiding it in your pocket. If you have a wound, it's fine. There's two explanations. Either you have a wound on the shoe, uh, on the foot with the shoe, and then people will know that you're the type of person that would walk without shoes and they'll assume that you're wearing it for a wound and then they won't suspect you. Or even if they laugh at you, you're not can remove it because there's a wound there. Or you're, you have the wound on the shoe, on the foot which has no shoe. Because, so the, what's the logic of the argument? Why do people wear shoes? For comfort? And then you'll wear it on the foot without, without a wound. And the other one just you can't wear it. Or for safe, for protection, and then you'll definitely wear it on the foot with the shoe, on the foot with the wound. So that's the machlekes. Now once Rabbi Yechanan told the student, please pass me a shoe, my shoes. And he passed on the right shoe. And Rabbi Yechanan used to put on always the left shoe. Because Tzulim he put on the left hand. So he said, one second, I won't be able to put on my left shoe. And he made as if I have a wound on the foot. So we assumed he meant the right foot. And then it means that he holds it. You put the shoe on the foot with the wounds. And no, 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 he means the left foot. He made my left foot as if it has a wound. We can't prove what he holds. But we see that he holds, you have to put the left shoe first. But the Brysa says, you have to put the right shoe first. And for some reason, it was a famous Brysa that therefore, um, um, I see on the side that this Brysa comes from a Sechda Derech Eretz, from the small Masechdas. Is that a reason why he should have known it? I'm not sure. I don't know when they were put together the small Masechdas, if they were after the Rabbi Yuchan Sangh or not. They were put together later. But either way, it sounds like it was a famous Brysa, and therefore the assumption was Rabbi Yechanan knew it. And therefore the assumption was that he must have said, it's love dafka the Brysa, you could do this way or that way. But Rabbi says, no, who says? Maybe he didn't know it, or maybe he knew and he held that it's not la halacha, there's a different opinion of Atani, it says otherwise. So now we're stuck. It says the Gemara, the Yerei Shemaim's way is, put on your right shoe, don't tie it, put on your left shoe and then tie it, because the whole cover is for tying. And then put on your right, then tie your right shoe. But there was another Amr which didn't do so. Fine, and we do do so. Then the Brisa says, when you put things on, put the right first. When you take them off, take the left first. When you wash yourself or smear yourself, put the right, do the right first. When you wash your whole body, wash your head first. So you smear your whole body, smear your head first, because that's the most important in the whole body. The reason to do the right, because the Torah gives respect to the right. 
by the Mitzoyra, by the Koyanim, that you do on the right thumb. Um, so from there we see that the Torah respects the right side. Um, um, but for filling the Torah gives respect to the left side, but it's for tying, and therefore there's a, there's a pshar of just doing the tongue. Then we spoke about walking in the street with filling. You're not allowed to, but you're not chayv chatas. You're not allowed to, even if you hold it, you're supposed to wear tefillin on Shabbos because you might remove it. You're not chayv chatas, even if you hold it, you're not supposed to wear tefillin on Shabbos. You're not allowed to wear tefillin for a mitzvah on Shabbos, but it's still a clothing. And then you're not chayv chatas. A kameya, a skuladika pouch of some scripture or some herbs or whatever it is, it has to be that either the actual kameya was tested and proven, or the one who made it was uh, has been tried and, and tested, as we'll see soon how exactly we do that. Now it's enough that the person was tested, even if the actual kamea was not. Now who could go out with this kamea? It doesn't have to be a sakana; it could be any any illness. It could be even a preventative kamea, because he could have an illness if he has a epilepsy and he might have an attack. But he cannot put it on a piece of jewelry because then people will suspect that you're not doing it in order to for it to heal you, but you're doing it. As a piece of jewelry, and it's not a fit piece of jewelry. Okay. Thank you. 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 Thank you.